Wake up 502. What is going down, Louisville? It is happening here on a beautiful, beautiful Saturday morning here in the Ville. Welcome into the month of November, the greatest month in sports, in my personal opinion, anywhere. You have the World Series going live, going hard. You know, looks like the <laughs> Astros about to win another championship, I'm guessing. Uh, you got uh, college football getting uh, hitting that 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 final home stretch. The last month of the regular season is uh, you still have several teams vying for national championships. Uh, you have University of Louisville seemingly uh, getting their sea legs under them after a humongous win. I was absolutely wrong, and I'm okay to be wrong. I picked Wake Forest. Um, to uh, cover the number uh, with Leanne last week, and that did not happen. And you know what? I'm very, very happy that did not happen. Uh, absolutely watershed win there for the Cardinals with Scott Satterfield and company. Uh, you know, so that that was huge. And then, of course, University of Louisville got kicked off uh, with their first two exhibition games last Sunday as well as uh, Thursday uh, with their two exhibitions. And uh, y'all know that I'm going to get into that. Uh, and much, much more. Of course, if you want to get involved in anything going on this morning, uh, you can uh, text into the Thornton's text line, uh, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Hit us up on the Thornton's text line. Thanks to the uh, 63,824 local Thornton stores. Make sure you go out there, get gas, snacks, and everything else. Uh, big shout-out to the good folks over there at Thornton's and everything that they do for us here at Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM and 1450 AM. Um, just really appreciate them uh, and everything that they do. Of course, you can hit me up as well uh, on the Wake Up 502 buzz line. That's 502 502- That's uh, 502-384-1450. You can give us a call in as well. Love to hear your thoughts um, on, you know, what what are you excited about uh, L football? Um, you know, what did you think about the first two exhibition games? Of course, I have a lot of thoughts 
about Louisville basketball um, and the state of what I saw. Of course, it is a definitely uh, a day of celebration. Um, just huge, huge news uh, there from the IARP as the University of Louisville basically got acquitted. <laughs> uh, the University of Louisville got off uh, about as light as anyone could have expected. Um, no one really knew what the IARP was going to do. Um, the the cloud um, of just the uh, the probation and knowing that Louisville was facing a level one violation. No one really knew what the IARP had, you know, was going to do with that. We had, of course, discussed the fact that in other cases, whether it be NC State or Auburn or some of these other schools, um, they had gotten off light. Uh, they had gotten off really light. Um, but nobody really knew because of the extenuating circumstances with Louisville already being on probation, how that would mitigate uh, the ruling with the IARP. Uh, and to everyone's shock, I think, almost, um, not only did University of Louisville not get a postseason ban, no um, reduction of scholarships and just very nominal uh, f- uh, fines, uh, $5,000. Um, you lose, what, 10 days uh, of recruiting out on the road, and you can't do any personalized videos for the rest of the year. I think, I think that Kenny Payne and company will take that and run. Um, it's just great to, to get that over. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I'm tired of talking about clouds. I'm tired of talking about probation. I'm tired of talking about uh, you know recruiting restrictions and not being able to go out there and get the best players, blah, 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 blah. All that's done. Now it's time to you know, put the nose to the grindstone, get to work, and get the University of Louisville uh, Hoops program back where it deserves to be. Of course, I will be joined uh, here soon by uh, Joe Kelly and uh, Haven Harrington uh, uh, on the line. Um, can't wait to get those guys' thoughts. Uh, you know, with Joe on pretty much everything, Haven on football. I know, uh, and, y- and y'all know, we – have been you know one thing about being here on wake up 502 we're going to always give you guys the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth and we're going to give it to you um raw you know we're going to give you our opinions uh they're going to be a matter of fact you may not like them all the time but we're always going to be honest um and we have been killing scott satterfield um for uh, you know, what we believe to be a lack of aggressiveness, a lack of uh, willingness to, you know, put the foot on the throat and go out there and play with that ruthless aggression. Um, and we saw that last week. Um, we, we saw Scott Satterfield come out there against Wake Forest and just let them dogs eat, you know, let, let them dogs off the porch. This Louisville defense has been none short of outstanding the last several weeks. And, and you know, as we've talked about all year, um, that clearly uh, the, the defense for the University of Louisville has been the best group this year. Um, the offense has been um, – not great is is that is I guess that's a nice way of putting it. Um, the offense has been extremely up and down. They've been extremely inconsistent. Um, but what we saw out there on Saturday night was a defense that continually put the offense into good situations. And thankfully, um, Malik Cunningham and the offense paid that off um, by getting the ball into the end zone. I was a little worried at the end of the first half. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, settling for a couple of uh, field goals um, and getting that touchdown. Being down at the half, uh, 14-13, I was not sure if Louisville was going to get it together, but that absolutely outstanding third quarter um, that was just insane. The unbelievable uh, pick six uh, there by Trey Clark um, pretty much just opened up the floodgates. And uh, Haven, 
when we were sitting there and chatting about the game. Of course, we were live at 21st in Germantown uh, last Saturday, uh, 1481 uh, South uh, Shelby Street. We were there live broadcasting the game. You know, we were going live while the game was happening. We, of course, appreciate everybody that came out uh, and was, uh, you know, a big part of what was going on there at 21st in Germantown. As we watched the game, we just, you know, kind of said that was almost like that T. Floyd, the way Louisville opened the game uh, against Florida. Just what it kind of, you know, that that tip drill uh, pick six that kind of opened the floodgates for Louisville and Teddy Bridgewater and those guys to go out there in the Sugar Bowl and get that win. He said that that play by Trey Clark reminded him of that. And and sure enough, uh, after Trey Clark made that play, um, it just really seemed to let everybody off the chain. And that defensive line um, just destroyed the uh, offensive front uh, for Wake Forest. And, uh, you know, those guys could not do anything right. It was absolutely unbelievable. Multiple sacks, multiple turnovers, um, you know, just fumbles. It, it was it was crazy. It was crazy to watch, but it was a great party. Um, just a, a, a great day. Uh, for Cardinal football. Have not felt that way in a while. Biggest blowout of a top 10 team since Lamar Jackson's un- uh, dismantling of Florida State back in 2016. So that was definitely good to see. Uh, Scott Satterfield earned all the accolades and, and all the credits he got from that. But, you know, Brian Brown, to me, definitely is a guy who has been constantly – uh, constantly um, talked about and criticized and ridiculed uh, for good reason because, you know, that Louisville defense over the years um, has not uh, consistently been even okay, let alone good. Um, but, you know, right now Brian Brown's defense is absolutely uh, making huge strides. You know, I, I know <laughs> – I know uh, uh, Mike Rutherford and uh, Trevor Kelsey, they like, always like to talk about Scott's D. And, you know, look, I know Sat said that he was going to go in there and, and stick his nose in the defensive room and that things have gotten better. But, you know, the Louisville defense has played uh, pretty well all year. The biggest thing was staying aggressive um, and not allowing the big plays over the top. I think the defensive front seven, the linebacking group, and the defensive line has played pretty well throughout. But, um, you know, where the, the biggest change has happened uh, was pretty much MJ Griffin uh, being uh, slotted into that starting lineup. Once Kendrick Duncan went down with that injury and MJ Griffin joined that uh, starting rotation, his defense there at safety has really transformed uh, what this team's uh, whole um, – attitude and just the ability to cover and not give up the big plays and have sure tackling and Josh Minkins doing a lot better job of not allowing guys to get behind him. Um, it's just been a, it, like it, it, that that move, of course, uh, going on the road there um, at UVA when, uh, when Brock Doman had to start in the stead of uh, Malik Cunningham. Uh, MJ Griffin was kind of another guy that was, oh, yeah, MJ Griffin's going to be in there as well. Uh, and at the time, you knew that MJ had a great game um, out there, um, up there in Charlottesville against UVA. But it seems like since he's been put in there and he's kept that starting spot, that really was the piece that was missing on the defense. And I don't know if it's just one of those situations where, uh, you know, him doing his job better. I mean, it's, it's 11 men on the field. So even if you have. Ten guys doing their job, or, or, or nine guys doing their job. If everybody's not 
doing the proper things, it makes everybody else look bad. Um, and for whatever reason, MJ Griffin has solidified that group. And since then, um, that Louisville defense has been none short of outstanding. Uh, so very, very excited to, to see what they can do to keep that up here. Uh, as we come up, uh, Louisville will be taking on James Madison uh, coming up. Uh, the Dukes, even though I don't understand how James Madison's the Dukes, but they have a Bulldog as a mascot. That's kind of... Kind of odd. I don't. I don't necessarily get that one. But uh, James Madison coming up uh, seven thirty uh, on the uh, I believe it's ACC Network uh, is going to be coming up tonight um, as Louisville takes on JMU and looks to continue that winning streak. Looking for going for a four game winning streak. Um, that's that's. A lot better <laughs> than I thought. This, uh, you know, we when we when Louisville got to three and three, you know, when they were three and three to start the season, um, in a you know. Somewhere, what we had said for Louisville to be successful, um, we said eight wins. This is an eight-win football team. Uh, This team should get to eight wins. There's no doubt about that Uh, with the schedule that Louisville had and with the talent that they had on the field and what they believed they could do with it. We said eight wins. Now, at three and three, thought there was no chance in hell you know i know we got did the wwf aggression soundtrack this morning and we all know the uh vince mcmahon no chance that's <laughs> you know like we thought there was absolutely no chance um for louisville to even sniff eight and four when you go three and three in the front six um of the uh the uh, football schedule but you know what after three straight wins um, there's an opportunity there. I mean, Louisville can get bowl eligible today, um, which is outstanding. Um, that's something that um, was not sure that was going to happen, uh, but we are here, um, and that's awesome. Uh, Louisville has an opportunity to get bowl eligible, and now it's talking about stacking wins. Uh, you know, you see the low-hanging fruit that is uh, NC State, and, you know, you would think that with everything going on, and especially with the pass rush playing, playing the way it is, when you have a great pass rush, the one thing I've learned about football, um, I, I didn't grow up the biggest fan of football, um, but I learned a lot watching uh, the New York Giants uh, with Eli Manning. And, and I learned watching that group especially play. I, I was too young to watch kind of the Steel Curtain D um, of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s. You know, I was born in 1977. So, you know, uh, Terry Bradshaw, when, when those guys were doing their thing, um, you know, I was just a little bitty squirt. Um, but well, the one thing I learned about, especially the Giants, um, because the Giants never had a super offense. Eli uh, Manning was much more of a game manager that could make a play if he needed to on third down. But what the reason the, the Giants won and beat some of the best teams ever, they beat that 15-1 and one, uh, Patriots team, is because their defensive line absolutely could control a game. Uh, and – just beat teams that I, I feel like they had no business beating, but they did it because their pass rush and with Michael Strahan and uh, uh, Matthias Kiwanuka and, and all those guys, it was just absolutely outstanding. Uh, you know, that, that pass rush just completely just takes, you know, d- took everybody out of anything they wanted to do. And I think that's what this Louisville football team is doing right now. That pass rush, man, that front seven just completely dominates a game. Uh, we saw it um, a couple of weeks ago against Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh was so befuddled and so flustered um, that they literally could not do anything. Uh, you know, the, out there on the football field. It, it was it was amazing just to watch. And I asked Coach Satterfield after the game, it was like, you know, 
you see Pittsburgh out there, and it seemed like they had a plan, and they had some things that they wanted to do. And Slovic, uh, you know, had been a guy who, while not great, had been a guy that you know Pittsburgh has had made make some plays. They of course took Tennessee, uh, now currently number one in the college football playoff standings. Um, number one Tennessee took them to overtime, and Slovic was able to make some plays and make some throws when he needed to, and that was a very exciting game. It's funny to look back now the way Pittsburgh's fallen off to see Tennessee uh, playing so well uh, as they take on Georgia this afternoon. I cannot wait uh, to talk to Leanne Herring uh, coming up at uh, 9.30, uh, you know, excuse me, 10.30, coming up at 10.30 about uh, that huge, huge matchup between the hedges with Georgia and Tennessee. Um, I, I want to talk to her and get her thoughts on that. But it's just funny to see how well Tennessee's playing and to see how Pittsburgh has absolutely fallen off a cliff that those two teams played an overtime game earlier in the year. Um, but, uh, you know, to see a, a team like Pittsburgh that had a great running attack with a, a Banarana Canna, Abacana, <laughs> Tropicana, whatever that kid's name is, Alabama Shamalama Ding Dong. Uh, <laughs> they're running back, um, you know, a, an All American, having an All American type season. And just to see how that front seven and that defensive line completely, st- you know, stalled him completely. Every time Slovis went back to pass, they absolutely destroyed him. And how Pittsburgh basically just tapped and quit. And all they did was just try to go max protect, um, you know, goal line offense and just run the ball because they could. Their quarterback could not. They did not. Never had any time in the in the pocket to be able to throw the ball. It just completely took Pittsburgh out of everything they wanted to do. Um, and we saw the exact same thing happen um, uh, last uh, Saturday uh, with Wake Forest, uh, where that pass rush just completely took over the game, uh, and, and the quarterback was not able to do that. Now, we had seen this earlier in the year with John Rice Plumley um, and UCF. Um, you know, Plumley uh, in every other game this year has played extremely well, um, but Louisville made Plumley look like a dude that needed to go back to wide receiver. I mean, you know, everybody was like, well, maybe those first couple of games where Plumley played well were just an anomaly, and now they play against Louisville, a team with decent talent. Maybe he's not the real deal. But since then, Plumley has played well and, and put up um, pretty gaudy stats every other week. The only week where he did not play well was against that Louisville front seven. And that's why I said, you know, people like to make the joke about Scott Satterfield, you know, and it being his defense, and that's the only reason they're playing well. Um, but when you really go back and look at it, um, that Louisville defense has been good all year. Their biggest issue early was the fact that they would give up big plays over the top. Um, they did it against Syracuse. They did it against Boston College. They did it against uh, Florida State, where the defense would play well. They, you know, stall uh, teams with great running games. Um, they do a lot of nice things, but then they would ultimately end up letting Zay Flowers um, get open for a couple of long touchdown passes. They'd allow uh, Jamel Wilson uh, to get some plays over the top of FSU as uh, FSU was able to come back, and and that was the biggest issue, and that was the biggest. Uh, uh, you know, point of contention for this Louisville football team was can they stop giving up the big play? Because that was the whole thing, right? Was that Louisville was giving up big plays and they weren't scoring big plays of their own. And that was kind of a flip of the script from what Scott Satterfield has been 
uh, since he's been the coach at Louisville, to where Louisville couldn't hit those big plays. And uh, that's been something that they still, to this point, the Louisville offense has not been able to figure out, was how to hit those big plays down the field. But what they've done is play much better complementary football. Um, where you know, And I think it really and truthfully started with the UVA game when Brock Doman came in and did you know do more of the game manager stuff, where Louisville was able to move the chains on third down. They were able to keep drives alive and allow that defense to, to stay rested. And so that way, when they get into the game, they can be aggressive, pin their ears back, and make huge plays. Uh, you know, and, and, I, and that's the biggest thing that's been missing, right, has been the fact that Louisville, um, their first three years, uh, under Scott Satterfield, the offense was always great at the quick strike. They were always great at hitting the big play over 50 yards, over 40 yards, over 30 yards. They they were the the number one team in yard, you know, big play, uh, you know, yardage. And this was the first year where that really didn't happen, where Louisville wasn't hitting the big plays. But what they did. Um, was go out there and say, you know, I, I feel like Scott Satterfield said, okay, so we don't have Tyler Harrell, okay? We can't really do the take the top off the defense thing this year. We don't have that super speedster. And then, of course, D. Wiggins, who uh, the transfer from Miami, who seemed to be kind of molding into that role, um, gets hurt, uh, you know, early in the year. So, you know, Louisville was not able to do that. And I think Scott Satterfield and company had to kind of reinvent the way they called the game and I think it started they saw the success that they had with Brock Doman there at quarterback uh, you know maybe not trying to do as much down the field as much as it is okay let's let's go ahead shorten up our routes let's go ahead and hit more of the short intermediate stuff and let's at least move the chains and I think that was huge um, because what we saw was an offense that while not explosive and didn't always necessarily score what they would do is put first downs together and, and that's what you, you know, when you talk about complementary football um, that's what you're talking about right that's that's talking about moving the chains keeping the clock running um, and allowing your defense to stay rested and stay aggressive that way when they get out there they can go hard because one of the biggest issues in you know and and I've talked about it for years has been the simple fact that Louisville was not great at playing complimentary football yes it's easy to say oh why the defense give up this many points well hell if you're on the field all the time and you're constantly on the field because your offense even when the offense is playing well it's pretty much you know a one or two play drive where they hit a long touchdown pass but the defense isn't getting the rest they were constantly on the field and they would play well for a while but ultimately in the second half especially they would end up giving up uh, the game, uh, you know, because they just would get tired. And I think that's been the biggest difference this year is that Louisville has played excellent complimentary football over the last several weeks and allowed the defense to stay fresh and rested. And, you know, to, to the fact that I think that their depth has finally gotten better. Um, we see guys not only with the, the starters with, you know, Gelati and Yaya and of course, uh, everything that Yasir Abdullah is doing as the starters, but guys like Mason Ryger, uh, you know, coming off the bench and just making humongous plays um, in the backfield, uh, you know, tackles for loss, uh, you know, not allowing any of, uh, of these running backs to get going. And, and, you know, those guys are able to stay fresh, so they're able to stay aggressive, and you can call a much more aggressive um 
uh, you know, call a much more aggressive game plan, and it works uh, when the, your guys are fresh. The problem is when you're trying to be aggressive and guys get tired, that's when you give up the big play. So uh, all the credit uh, to the University of Louisville coaching staff, all of the credit to uh, Brian Brown and Scott Satterfield. Um, you know, you, you still got the Ned Flanders nickname, but, you know, everybody remembers when, when, when Ned Flanders took off that, that sweater you know, Ned was jacked. And <laughs> Haven Harrington posted a very funny picture saying that uh, Scott Satterfield, after knocking off Wake Forward, was the extra big flex in Ned's, uh, Ned Flanders, you know, with his shirt off with the towel on his shoulder, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. But, no, man, I mean, it, it's so good to see, uh, and especially with the Flyville 23 recruiting class uh, getting to watch Louisville have success um, really seems to have shored up a lot of those guys. I know that Louisville's still going to have to fight to keep guys like DeAndre Moore. DeAndre Moore, um, the, the standout wide receiver uh, for Pierce Clarkson there out of California, Don Bosco Prep. Um, it, I believe he's actually on an official visit to Georgia this weekend. And, and we know that Georgia wants DeAndre Moore badly. Um, you know, And DeAndre Moore has been kind of tweeting out some of the things that he's been able to uh, see and do and some of the stuff that Georgia prepared for him and his official visit. Um, Louisville's going to have to fight off those guys, but you would think that with how well Louisville's playing right now, that they're going to have an opportunity to hold on to guys like uh, Moore and uh, Jamari Johnson, who I know Oregon is making a big-time push for as well. Um, you know, you would think if Louisville continues to have this success and Scott Satterfield and company finish this thing up successfully, that you'll be able to hold on to most of those guys. So it was great to hear, um, you know, Madden Sanker, um, the standout offensive lineman, the four-star O-lineman uh, for, for UofL. He was on with uh, Ethan Moore and the guys over there at Louisville Sports Live uh, on Thursday. I always love listening to those guys. A uh, big shout-out to Ethan Moore and everything that he does with Louisville Sports Live. Um, had a great interview with Madden and his dad, and, and Sanker uh, mentioned the fact that he's going to be enrolling early um, and will be in Louisville in January uh, along with Luke Burgess, another four-star offensive lineman. And he mentioned the fact that Reuben Owens, he believes, is going to be an early enrollee as well as Pierce Clarkson. Uh, being able to get those guys in there um, is huge. Um, especially with some of the offensive linemen that will be uh, leaving Louisville at the end of the year. Uh, Louisville's going to need those guys to get in early to um, start you know, making their hay to get ready for uh, next year. Um, so being able to get those guys as well as Reuben Owens um, is an absolute flex. Uh, you know, of everybody uh, in this year's recruiting class, the dude that I – the two guys – I mean, you know, besides, of course, Pierce Clarkson, because Louisville's going to need, you know, what, what life after Malik begins. I know Malik Cunningham's been here for 18 years, and we love the fact that he's uh, now collecting AARP checks um, as the Louisville quarterback, but Louisville's actually going to have to move forward uh, without Malik Cunningham. So, of course, uh, it goes without saying that Pierce Clarkson is a huge – to be able to have him here um, and have him a part um, of the uh, Louisville program early. Um, but, you know, the fact that you would be able to bring in Reuben Owens uh, is the dude that I love. That, that's the guy that I really want. That's the guy that um, I think is just different. You know, while some of these guys are going to take some time, like as much as I, I love Pierce Clarkson, I have no idea if that kid will be able to play uh, in actual games next year or if next year will be more of a, you know, spot duty uh, Brian Brom type year when they had Stephon LaFours and Brom and LaFours were kind of, uh, they would give Brom that second quarter to kind of go in there and uh, get his feet wet, but it was really more um, of uh, Stephon LaFours' show. Um, and, and I don't know if that will be something that happens with Brock Doman and, and 
uh, and Pierce Clarkson next year or if Louisville is going to go out there and find a grad transfer quarterback um, to kind of hold the line until uh, Pierce is ready. Um, but, you know, I, I think that a guy like Reuben Owens, especially because, I, you know, of course, Tyon Evans is going to probably make his way to the NFL um, after this year, um, I feel like Reuben Owens is a plug-and-play guy. Um, and, and I love the fact that you'll still have Jawar Jordan around. You'll still have, um, you know, Cooley around. Um, but I think that Reuben Owens can come in and be the starting running back from day one. The kid is just different. He's an absolute monster, uh, 6'3", 230-some-odd pounds, uh, shifty, quick. Um, you know, like I said, I, I never want to call anybody uh, Bo Jackson or even Michael Bush even, but when I watch that young man run, some of the things he can do with his nimble, nimble feet and quickness at his size, that's who he reminds me of. Like, I don't think he has – like, Bo Jackson was a 4'2'40 guy. Like, Bo Jackson was a freak of nature. I, I, I never want to put that on anybody, but – that style of runner, of that mix of power and speed, um, that's who Ruben Owens is as a player. Um, and it's just very, very exciting. That sounds like he's going to be a part. Not only is he going to be here at Louisville, he's going to get here early. Uh, we'll get him on campus. Um, and that just makes for very, very exciting times for Louisville football. So uh, I tell you what, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take this first break. Um, we're going to continue on um, to you know look forward to everything going on with Louisville football. But I definitely need to get in uh, to this Cardinal basketball after the break. Um, I want to hear from you guys. Um, of course, if you have thoughts on Louisville JMU, you have thoughts on uh, the sanctions that came down, if you have thoughts on Louisville basketball, I want to hear it. But, hey, you are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM and 1450. And we'll be back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. What's going down? Got to get y'all moving in the morning. Got to wake you up. 
96.1 FM, Big X Sports Radio. Rashawn Myers taking care of you this morning. Wake up, 502. It's going down. Man, hey, I'm telling you, that, that, that WWF aggression soundtrack just hits different, don't it? Like, I mean, you cannot hear that and not get ready to go out there and just run through a wall for somebody. So um, this is a big shout-out to those fellas over there on Floyd Street as they get ready to take on JMU this morning, James Madison. Um, coming to you 7.30 tonight, ACC Network. Um, we talked a lot about those guys in the first segment. I uh, already got some text coming in to the Thornton's text line, uh, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. Texter um, text in says, uh, running back Owens is going to kill it under Jeff Brom next year. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, go card, so excited. I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Jeff Brom's going to be the guy that's going to be coaching Ruben Owens. Um next year I, I, that's funny um i i do think that robin owens is going to kill it next year but i think um uh coach brahm is going to be firmly planted in purdue because i think that coach satterfield is going to be firmly planted here as a louisville coach um i know some people had wondered if uh six wins would be enough for coach satterfield to get his job or to keep his job after the uh the losses um, of the starting quarterback there over at NC State. Uh, it kind of seemed like low-hanging fruit that he may be able to slide his way into six wins. Um, but I, I think that uh, after this three-game winning streak, knocking off Pittsburgh and then especially knocking off top ten Wake Forest, um, I fully expect that Louisville's going to win at least seven games uh, this year. So, I, I mean, now, don't get me wrong. I understand that Louisville's not bowl eligible yet, and if they fall apart down the stretch – um, and for some reason lose these last several games. Um, I do think that, you know, I don't think there's enough momentum to where if he loses these last four games that, you know, he's going to keep his job. But I highly doubt that's going to happen. Louisville seemed to have exercised a lot of demons um, over the last couple of weeks. And the way that they're playing, um, uh, I, I fully expect for them to get to that, that seven-win plateau. Uh, in my personal opinion. Have another uh, texter into the Thorns text line. Um, <clears throat> texter says, uh, on 414-1450, uh, good morning, Wake Up 502, main event, the culture. Uh, we are the culture, absolutely. He said a couple of things. Louisville basketball is so weak, so bring Rick home. <laughs> I'm still not on Ned Flanders' train. Uh, last week was just one game in primetime uh, uh could be uh, home at, before he gets to uh, get, get primetime home before he, Auburn gets him. He said, third thing, uh, you clap back on rummage. Uh, then he buckled and told you he loved you. Lastly, go vote and bring Booker home. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm going to take these uh, chronologically uh, backwards. Absolutely. Um, you guys need to go out there, um, rock the vote uh, coming up this Tuesday. Midterm elections are still big time uh, needs and big time musts. Um, so make sure you get out there. Um, you know, of course, uh, Charles Booker is a guy that uh, the man who's now joining us uh, has been working tirelessly uh, on the Booker campaign. Mr. Haven Harrington. Haven, how are you doing this morning? Man, what's going on, man? What is all this football talk? I know, man. I, hey, you know what? I had to give Coach uh, Satterfield his due, man. You know what I'm saying? I had, I had to, uh, you know, give him 
his flowers. <clears throat> that was a huge win last week. So, you know, I had to start out with, you know, I, before look, before I was going to go in here and just kill <laughs> Coach Payne for some of that foolishness that we've seen, I had to start with the most important things. Of course, the number one, in my personal opinion, um, was the sanctions being lifted off Louisville basketball. So I did bring that up first. But then literally football, man, a top ten win, biggest win in, what, six years, seven years? The biggest win in Satterfield's uh, history. Yeah, I mean, you know, I had, I had, you know, I, I am, I am a basketball first guy, man. But you know, hey, you, you missed some of the best, most comprehensive. I know, I, I, I heard you. Talk. No, I heard you. Heard, I heard you talk about the recruits coming in and, <laughs> and Pierce Clarkson, and if he's going to be ready to start on day one, which he. He's going to have to be ready to start on day one. Possibly. You know, I mean, you could always see maybe a transfer, a grad transfer, one-time transfer come through um, that could hold the line. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I I think that Coach Satterfield has earned this. Like like I said, there's not been a show. One thing I love about us, Haven, is that we hold our coaches accountable. When they do well, we give them their flowers. When they screw it up, we're going to kill them. Hey, you know what? I'm going to give Satterfield credit, right? And and – no, you know, I take that back. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give Brian Brown all the credit. Wow. Because his defense for the past three games has been lights out. Yeah. No, I mean, like literally. He has led Louisville to – he has led Coach Satterfield. If he beats JMU today, this will be his first ever four-game win streak since he's been here at U of L. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, like like literally. It's, it's – uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable the the turn to 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 be to be where we are, um, you know, right right now is unbelievable. Hold on, this is Haven Harrington right now talking everybody. about Scott Satterfield. I've ridiculed everyone on the roster. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. <laughs> the double champ does what the f- he wants. <laughs> There's Haven Harrington talking about Scott Satterfield. Hey, but that's like, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, I, I, nothing that that we've said and that you've said is wrong. Nope. Like literally, I feel like the the uh, the analysis was there. And what has changed about Scott Satterfield and Brian Brown? Everything we asked for aggressiveness. Absolutely. I mean, they got aggressive. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like literally, I I feel like that that is what was what was requested and that was what was needed. Um and that's what's happened. Um now now to continue on this, uh, because I was reading on the on the text line, and of course we talked about the fact that everybody needs to get out and vote. So yes, we talked about that. Um also um uh Dre, Dre did talk about uh you know, the fact that uh Steve Rummage and, and Marcus Maven, both those guys actually, believe it or not, buried the hatchet. I got the chance to chit chat with those guys and of coming off the uh, um, happiness of the sanctions being lifted and the cloud no more over Louisville basketball. I got to chat with those guys and we kind of, you know, bumped knuckles and said, you know what, we good. And 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 hopefully, <laughs> when my comments about Coach Payne are made, um, hopefully that will stay the way it is. But I love those guys. It's it's nothing personal. Um, like I, I've continued to say, I understand why they have the stances that they have, and I understand, you know, that that they really and truly do believe um, in what uh, Coach Payne is building there. But you know, like we talked about Haven with the football team, we're going to hold the coaches accountable 
for what we see on the court, on the field, or in preparation and getting teams together because, you know, that's what we do. I, I feel like um, Main Event Sports and Wake Up 502 are kind of the watchdogs of Louisville Athletics. Um, you know, we, we're not going to allow anything to pass. If there's BS out there, we're going to call it like we see it. Uh, you, you don't get that everywhere, and I think that's something that's much needed. Um, you know, you can have people that are going to talk glowingly about everything, but I, I feel that you need a well-imbalanced coverage, you know, and, and that's necessary. So just like we gave um, Coach Sat his flowers, um, we're going to kill him uh, when he deserves to be killed. And, and I think that's that's fair. I think that's what what's needed. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that um, – uh, Dre definitely still wants prime time here. He said he, he wants to bring Rick home. <laughs> he was just all over the place. Uh, first of all, now, now Haven, I, I did say I thought that even with this win, if, if things fell apart down the stretch, Coach Sat, you know, would, would not be here. Like, let's say he lost his last four games. Um, I don't think he would be brought back. But at this point, it seems the, pre the writing's going to be on the wall that he's going to be there. Because I, I don't expect for them to lose the rest of their games out the way. Would you kind of tend to agree with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's definitely going to get – he should get the easy six, seven wins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would say seven wins, is, you know, is looking like, you know, pretty, pretty much here. <laughs> and uh, dependent upon the way some of these other games go. Because that's the thing, Haven, man, with, with the way Louisville's winning with that, that pass rush, Louisville can beat anybody. Because, you know, by far the best offense that Louisville had left to face was that Wake Forest team. Um, you know, I, I think they had pr pretty much the best offensive line um, and the best quarterback left on the schedule. So, I mean, you have a, the last four games that are ripe with opportunity. Uh, we've seen the way that the UK offensive line has basically allowed Will Levis to, to get, get demolished, murdered <laughs> on a weekend, week out basis. Like I hate UK, but I felt so sorry for Levis. Like he looked like. Do you remember when Tim Couch got drafted by the Bengals, the Browns? The I mean the Browns. Yes, and, and he got destroyed. He that had first the year. worst. <laughs> I think he had the word like I know that 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 uh, Derek Carr has been has had you know had a bad line and, and David Carr with the Texans had a bad line but I don't think anybody's offensive line was worse than what Couch had with the Browns like that was the worst offensive line I'd ever seen it was pretty bad almost as bad as the Bengals offensive line last year yeah because <laughs> Burrow just got I mean I know they made it to the Super Bowl but man Burrow just got demolished. <laughs> That dude got to sell like 12 times a game. <laughs> that, that's kind of where UK's offensive line is right now. And it's very weird because they're, they're decent run blockers. Like, they have a decent run blocking game. But I, mean, I mean, honestly, though, when, when you're blocking for Chris Rodriguez, all you got to do is just keep your hat on the man. Yeah, just, and, let, and, and let him do the rest, and let Chris run run through about you know four or five people. <laughs> you know, like yeah, that's true. But I mean, they are the worst pass blocking team. Like this is one I, I can feel it happening, Haven, and it happened last year, and it happened the year before where Louisville start, seemed to that second half they seemed to start to get it together and they started to play well. And UK looked all shaky, and for the last two years, I started to have hope and see light at the end of the tunnel that Louisville could possibly come out there and give UK the business. And I can I hate it, but I feel it coming on again <laughs> to where now I'm like, well, maybe, maybe Louisville can beat Kentucky. 
Why why am I doing that to myself? Because honestly with with the defense they have this year, with the pass rush they have, <laughs> would be the most disruptive the most disruptive defense in college football. They actually have what it takes now to beat Kentucky, right? I, I feel like they do. Like I I feel like I'm falling for the banana in the tailpipe. I, I just I I will be so mad. Like it like and this is the, the this is the point. Like what was going to go into that UK game with probably seven wins. Uh, okay, I, like I NC State is having all kind of issues right now, especially offensively. So, I mean, you would think today's game and, and NC State are, aren't guaranteed wins, but you would think that those are pretty those are looking pretty pretty winnable. So, more likely than not, Louisville's probably going to head into that Kentucky game with seven wins. So, you would think that Scott Satterfield's definitely going to have the um, pen in hand to go ahead and sign his new extension at that point. But, man, if Louisville gets to that last game and it looks like they have an opportunity to beat Kentucky and then Kentucky does it to us again, Haven, I don't know how I'm going to feel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how I would feel about that. Like a waste opportunity. Oh, my gosh. Because this is the year. This is the year that you take back. Like, it felt like the Wake Forest game was kind of that, what's my name, the Muhammad Ali. Remember remember the guy that refused to call him Muhammad Ali, kept calling him Cassius Clay? And, Floyd Patterson. And, 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 and Ali just kept <laughs> whooping him, beating on him, talking about say my name. You know oh, what, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that, that. that's what that Wake Forest game felt like, was just kind of say my name. You know, so it felt like. Louisville made it to another plateau and that they kind of got rid of a lot of that bad mojo. So I am just hoping that that can continue and, and that they can come out and do what they need to do. Like, I, I, I am. I mean, I, hey, you know what? I mean, Scott has turned the ship around. It's hard to imagine this is the same team that lost to Boston College. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, I still don't understand. Boston College lost to UConn last week and Rutgers. Oh, <laughs> I just but the only the only wins they have is against like a uh, a Division two team and us. But I, I'm telling you what, remember what we said after that Boston College game? After the, or excuse me, it was actually after the Virginia game. And, and 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 I told you that when I went back and looked at those two games, the effort and the focus that was given to Brock Doman at UVA, and the effort and focus that was given to Malik Cunningham the week previous at Boston College was night and day. The effort, the energy, the aggressiveness, it was sloppy, it was ugly, and I told you that coming off that injury and coming off that bye week, I said that I feel like Scott Satterfield needed to go into the film room, put that whole team out there, and say, look at the energy and the effort that y'all gave Brock against UVA. And y'all look at this crap show that y'all gave Malik the week prior. If I ever see it again, you will never put on that uniform again. And, and I don't know if that conversation happened, but the energy and the focus and the aggressiveness that has come out since that Virginia game has been night and day different. We haven't seen the goofy penalties. We haven't had the false starts. Um, you know, we haven't had a bunch of that silly stuff going on. And it just seems like the team has been playing better. Uh, text her into the Thorns text line, 414-1450. Uh, said, you are overvaluing UK football. And Levis 
he said, and Levis, uh, they bad. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're young. You know, I know it sounds like, like yes, we are overvaluing UK football, but you, like, you can never dismiss the amount of hate that Kentucky has in the hearts for us. But shouldn't we have beaten them the last two years? They had a wide receiver at quarterback a couple years ago. And still beat Louisville. <laughs> but it's about attitude. And, and you know, and, and we've always known this, man. It's always been about attitude. And Kentucky plays with that, that attitude like they hate us to no end. So they're going to do everything they can to beat us. And then that's how they that's how they play. And we've never been able to match that attitude, right? Like we've yeah. never. I mean, that's literally what it's been. Can match the hate. And, and it just, it, to me, like, it seemed like Satterfield allowed all his power to be taken away by Stoops when he came crying about the L's down gestures by the players. <laughs> and it just seemed like that was like the, you know, I, I what, what they call it, the curse of the goat with the the the, uh, the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. It was kind of like the um, curse of the goat thing. You know what I mean? That, that just seemed like the L, the curse of the L's down whining. And, and it just it just seems like that, that really um, – uh, that 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 really just started a string of just horrible performances um, for Louisville versus UK. So let's just like Satterfield needs to, you know, this that's the last hurdle for him. Like if he does that, I won't say that I'm just completely on board. But hey, but let me tell you something. I will get I will buy Scott a steak <laughs> the next time I see him if he can go out there and beat UK and just shove it down. Uh, Stoops' throat just one time. One, I'm so tired of his smug attitude, the fact that he tried to talk crazy to John Calipari, and just his general air of jerk waddedness that he walks around with. I can't say, I don't even like Calipari, but you can't talk crazy like you better than Coach Cal. And Coach Cal's letting everybody have it too, by the way, if y'all ain't been paying attention. Like that man is super motivated. And especially with the way UK's uh, season is going up in flames. Let's go Missouri, by the way. I would really love to see the Missouri Tigers beat UK today. That would just make my weekend. <laughs> Besides Louisville winning and beating JMU, I would really love to see that happen with Missouri. Uh, text her into Thornton's text line, 414-1450. Uh, says, same O, uh, same O is boring. Variety is the spice of life. Um it says, if Sat, uh, she says, I like the variety in my radio guys. So thank you. Uh, says, if Sat gets blown out by Kentucky again, no matter these next few games, uh, may we have Reuben Owens and Coach Brom next season? Uh, that that's hey, that's the question. And uh, also, and then that's our, that's our buddy Didi. Uh, she said, you nailed it on Stoops. Thank you, Didi. I appreciate. It. I you know, appreciate you see listening. Now, here's the thing about Satterfield, right? And this is why, like. I, I told people after Boston College game, they're like, the gig is probably up. But he beat Wake Forest. He's kind of redeemed himself. We got to got the train back on the tracks and we're moving in the right direction. But with that being said, if you if you look at the attendance at the past couple of home the past three home games, there's a lot of folks who are still off the Satterfield train. Oh yeah! Oh, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, or shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You know, like it's one of those things where we have gone gone down this road enough times, and especially with UK whooping our tail the way they have, we're not just gonna like like I said. You know, even if Louisville gets the seven wins um, and they beat Kentucky and get to that eighth win, I feel like 
at that point, I can give Satterfield the gentleman's handshake, and I won't have old arms folded. Um, but I'll still be watching. It's kind of one of those things like once you cheat on me, I'm never going to look at you the same again. <laughs> and that's kind of either kind of like we can both be mutually beneficial to each other, but, you know, still going to keep my eye on you. <laughs> and speaking of the Cardinal faithful speaking loudly with their, their dollars and feet in attendance. Yes. What was that attendance like during a Shamanada game? And on that note, it's time to go ahead hit this top of the hour break. I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into Coach Payne. You know, I know you all have been waiting on it. So, yeah, I'm getting into all of that. I, I gave basketball their roses. The cloud is gone. So, guess what? Since that cloud is gone, I'm not talking about the cloud no more. I'm not talking about restrictions. It's time. So I'm going to get into my thoughts of these first two exhibition games. If you want to get in, 384-1450 is the Wake Up Call, uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line. If you want to give us a call, if you want to text in, 414-1450, Thornton's buzz line. And we'll be back on Wake Up 502. What the rock is cooking? Smell it. Yeah. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Smell it. Come on. Come on. Do you smell what the yeah. rock is cooking? Yeah. Rock has come back, laying down the smack on your funky crap, candy coated ass. Into the squared circle with the great one, the most electrifying moves. Don't touch the station. Children and their children, they all stand with the millions upon millions of rock fans. Get ready for the square dance. Here's your chance for a can of ass whooping from the people's chair. If you smell what the rock's cooking, do you smell what the rock is cooking? Hour number two of Wake Up 502 coming to you. Big X Sports Radio 96.1 FM. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington taking care of you this morning. Uh, Haven, it's been a good morning so far. Little Method Man in the Rock. Gotta love it. And uh, guess what? We're going to go straight to the Wake Up 502 buzz line. Guess who we got on the on the line with this? Jay Has. What's going on this morning? We just talking. We was just talking about you, Jay. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? Hey, you know. Jay, you know how we do. Man, I'm so excited. This is the day the Lord has made. I sure have enjoyed to be glad at it today. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm talking about, Jay. <laughs> yes. Uh, you only get all this at 96.1. Oh, yeah. Quit, oh, quit <laughs> a minute. I'm so preaching. I'm going to get me to You know I will. I already know. Yes, sir. <laughs> What's up? What, you, what you got for me this morning, Jay Has? Well, I, I, I had a chance to interlude uh, two of the scrimmages, the basketball. Kenny Payne's... Uh, program and one was iffy and the other was like I don't know I, I, I'm undeciphered not knowing what's going on um, but I will say this as far as that uh, I don't understand that if he really actually know the gravity of the program I know he played there but coming in as a prop 48 you probably didn't get a, really a, a lot of knowledge on the prestigious of this program you play with some, some great guys and I'm not taking anything away from that 
But do you really understand the gravity of the University of Louisville men's basketball program? I don't think he does. Well, you know, Jay, that's been one of the things that's been talked about with Kenny Payne is that, you know, Kenny understands the program and he understands how important it is and understands, you know, he's a Louisville man, so he understands all that. But, I mean, to that end, you know, the fact that Louisville came in in the first exhibition game and you lose to Lenore Ryan and he's coming in, uh, you know, smiling and, and, and you know, he dapped up Everett Sullivan and, and, and was smiling and, and happy for him after the game. And, you know, we're, of course, sitting there and the, right out there outside the high price seats uh, at the media tables. And the fans were not happy. <laughs> oh, and, and, and the fact that, that yeah. KP kind of came into the press conference smiling, talking about, hey, how y'all guys doing? Like, sometimes I, I don't know if, he's necessarily reading the room, I guess. And it's like, yeah, coach, I don't know if like everybody's really that happy about the fact that you just lost. Um, it's so- well, Sean, this is what I said at the beginning of, of, of their, their comments, sir, that by him being a prop 48, I don't think he really gets it. I don't I Like, I, I would hope that he understands, and I think he does, but I think – you know, the thing about Coach Payne is he is a super positive, super optimistic dude by nature. So mm-hmm. I think that that's his default setting is that he's always going to be upbeat. He's always going to be positive. But at the same time, you want a coach that can, like I said, read the room and understand that, you know what, I need to come in and have a different tone or a different tenor because I need to be able to show the fans that I care as much as everybody else. Does that make sense? And I don't think he's gotten that yet, but this is his first, his first head coaching job. Like, and Maybe you know, he's, he's just happy. He's got to learn. Maybe he was just happy because, like, this loss is what the team needed to, to refocus them. To, you know, like, so they can really absorb what Kenny Payne and Stafford is, is, is trying to teach and coach. So maybe that's why he's happy. <laughs> What's the loss they need to have? To shake him up. Uh-huh. Jay, what do you think about that? Like, I, I mean. Well, I, go ahead, Rashawn. Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I just, I, yeah, I, I think that it's this is a learning curve for everybody. Uh, and, and I think it's a, it's a big-time learning curve for, for KP as well. And <clears throat> he's got to find his legs as a coach, and he's got to find – um, like I, I think that if things continue the way they are, because because really and truthfully, even after the win against Chaminade, at the end of that game, you know, usually that the card fans that are there are going to give you a go cards or whatever or clap. I really didn't hear anybody clap or excited that Louisville had that seven point win over Chaminade. Like it was kind of like the game, the horn ended and everybody walked out. But yeah. I don't think the fans were necessarily happy. You know, five people that were there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, and you know what? Really, too, Haven. I, I, Rashawn. I just want to switch real quick uh, and drive a little bit. That how the way Lamar is being treated today. <laughs> you said it throughout this NFL uh, season. How the way the National Football League is doing him and the ownership of it, of the organization, but the overall picture, the persona of the of the NFL Football Association is really daring him now. I, I, I don't. I could just see it and then at the ESPN the young lady that interviewed Lamar Jackson he just told her about they're unhappy with me yeah and I feel so bad for the kid man and he's doing everything he possibly can 
and he's doing. He even mentioned about his mom was his agent. He's doing something different where it's never been done before. Yeah, he doesn't have a legitimate agent. Well, you know, like we all know how the NFL is. Like we saw this with with, with Colin Kaepernick, and mm-hmm. the, and and the whole kneeling for the flag thing. When the NFL, when they don't like you, or they want to prove a point. They have no problem blackballing you, destroying your name, and taking you wow. out to prove a point. And they're going to prove, and they're going to do the same Lamar. I mean, Lamar has to be tough, and just kind of he's going to deal with it because he he knows what's coming. Like we we all know what's coming. You know they're going to assassinate his character. They've already tried to call him lazy. They already tried to say that he's not focused as much as he was before. You know, he's not doing this like he did before. He's not the same type of player he was before. And all these little exposés and leaks are coming out of the Ravens organization. You know, but it's all attempt to force him to get an agent so they can keep the status quo because they don't want these athletes to be able to negotiate contracts on their own outside of the system that they've built. Well, and, and what's interesting about that, Haven uh, and Jay, is that Roquan Smith, uh, the linebacker that, that uh, the Ravens just traded for from Chicago, he doesn't have an agent either. And, and one of the biggest issues with Roquan Smith uh, with the Bears has been the fact that they weren't able to get a new contract done because Roquan's uh, contract is coming. This is a contract year for him as well. Uh, and him not having an agent caused a lot of issues, and the Bears ended up trading. So it's kind of funny that the Ravens end up trading. I mean, Roquan Smith is literally one of the best players in football. Um, you know, so I mean, it's a huge get for the Ravens, but it's just funny that the Ravens traded for another dude that doesn't have an agent, <laughs> another superstar. Yeah. So that's, and, that's and, you know, but, but best believe if the Ravens can get it done, oh, somebody else will. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. There'll be a ton of teams out there willing to push themselves over kick the Ravens to the curb, maybe the Browns, and be like, yo, we need you. Oh, yeah, I, I, right I totally agree. Hey, Jay, you got anything else for us? Man, James Madison rolls in the Cardinal Stadium. Yeah, it's, it's on and popping. I cannot wait for it tonight. It's a lot going on tonight. It's uh, a lot going on tonight. I, I want to say happy birthday to my little sister, Kim. Has today. It's her birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Kim. There's a lot shaking and baking inside the, the, the party zone. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm trying to see if James Madison can, can do it. If Louisville can do it, who knows? It's what, expect a ninety percent rain. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an ugly rainy uh, rainy day today. So you would think that works for Louisville's defensive. Uh, you know, with being a defensive football team, that that rain usually helps the defensive squad. So I guess we'll have to see. But I, I heard James Madison defense pretty good too. So we'll see. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Well, with Sean Haven, I tell you what, Doc, it's always a, it's always an honor. It's always a privilege. And uh, keep up the good work that you guys are doing. It's 96 1. Jay Hands, and I'm out. Hey, I appreciate it, Jay. Thanks so much. And you know what? Uh, hey, we're going to go right back to the uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line. 384 uh, 1450. Got Wayne on the line. Wayne, how you doing? Man, what's going on, Sean and Haven? How you guys doing this morning? Man, doing well, doing well. Uh, what, Wayne, what you got for us? Are you going to get on me about yeah. fussing about KP? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm not. I, 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 uh, I, I, went, I went to tell you, you sounded good the other day on the radio when you were doing the interview, I think, with Sad or somebody. Sounded good. Oh, thank you so Very much. Good. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was I was out at the contest last Saturday. It was quite enjoyable. The defense is at another level. They must sustain that to get where they want to be, and I think it's possible. And the last, they got four games left. All of, all of those games are winnable. 
There's nobody on there that's formidable. Nobody. And, and that, that includes Clemson. From what I've seen, they're very beatable. I, they, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on the line and say they can win at least three of, three of the last four. But it's possible they can win all four. And it's a possibility on the dark side they can lose all four, but I don't think that's going to happen now. They've come too far to go back. And then and I went to the uh, exhibition Sunday. Uh-huh. Uh, work to do. And a lot of people were just growing up pissed off and mad. I said it was an exhibition. He's trying to see some things. And I, I think as the season goes on, they're going to be fine. I'm not even worried about it. You know, what it showed me is they need a lot of work. He, right. And he told you that. You know, it's a, I don't know why people are tripping. You know, it, it's, a, it, it's, new for, it's, it's new for the coach, new for the players. And they will, they will put it together. Or be embarrassed. They've already been embarrassed. So I don't, oh, I don't yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. With that, with, in that vein. So I, I'm not even worried about it. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. That, that's, that's what I see. It, it is talent on the team. They, they just haven't put it together yet. They just haven't jailed. And then, then our, 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 our friends down the road, you know, they're, they're talking all that wolf. <laughs> but like I said, and I've, said it, I've said it before, number one class again, you got all that talent. It don't mean a thing if you don't have no ring. Yeah. That's how I look at it. You, you, you get all those number one classes, but what you got to show for it? And you were lucky to win in 13. We all know, uh, no, 12. We all know that if you didn't have AD, you wouldn't have won nothing. And I still go back. That 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 aches my heart because uh, if, if Peyton Seaver and he hit that shot, they were through. Because Lou was throwing back on. And then the other time was when when the Harrison twins, that was that eighteen point lead or whatever it was. We should not have lost. Oh but, no, God! That and, still and, gives and me nightmares, I, Wayne. It still gives absolutely. me nightmares. And then one other thing on the uh, AARP. A lot of people are just running pissed off. They should have got this. And I've, I said it to you, it does not take five years to put something out there. You can go ahead five and say years. it, Pat Forty. Pat Forty is a, is a straight hater. He is an absolute hater. <laughs> He's a hater, big man. He's a clown. And, 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 and like I said before, five years, okay, if you had something, why you say it? Right. And, and what, what, what it boiled down to, they didn't have Jack. And the, a, the IARP, they did... They got those those high class lawyers. So we only deal in the facts. We don't dig, uh, dwell in innuendo. In, in right. Just the facts. And they didn't have nothing, and they knew it. You know, you and 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 they got exposed. <laughs> those lawyers exposed them because they kept on trying to make stuff up, and then what's going to happen? And that's and that's the main reason that they that they wanted to uh, well, they're going to disband the AARP because they know what's happening. Those people are real. They not they not they not showing no favoritism. They dealing the facts, and it, it, you know, the thing at the end of the day, five years they they've already been punished for five years. Yeah, they yeah. Louisville's been punished financially, games, crowd. So they 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 got punished. So the the uh, the result was what was to happen. What what was to happen? And it was justified. I don't care what nobody says. And 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 like somebody was saying, one of them, we said, show me the facts. The NCAA didn't have nothing. They showed they were heavy-handed, and they I, they should go on and put the banner back up 
Forget all this dumb shit. Excuse my language. <laughs> but they should go and put the banner back up. Because there was no reason to take it down. No way. It, it just shows you how uneven the NCAA, and they've outlived their usefulness. But Sean, Haven, and I don't know if Joe's there because I haven't heard it. But you know what we always say, man, at the end of the day, you guys are the best. And go cards, man. Hey, Thanks, I, guys. I appreciate it, Wayne. Yeah, and no, Wayne is absolutely right. Um, and yes, well, you can't say that on radio. Don't worry, I had, I had my 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 dump button ready. I'm a, I'm quick on it. I'm a good producer. I try at least anyway. <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. I I think that um, you know at, at the end of the day, the reason and, and one of the you know people wanted to know why like that they thought that maybe they were doing it on purpose. It took so long. What people don't understand is a, the FBI did their investigation. The NCAA couldn't even start putting together their information until after the FBI stuff was done. And the FBI stuff took about two years. So then it took like a year, maybe a year and some and some change, year and a half, for the NCAA to figure out what they wanted to do with these schools. And then once that was done, anybody who wanted the IARP to get involved, the IARP basically re- interviewed and reinvestigated all these things. So basically, even though the NCAA investigation was done, even though the FBI was done, if the IARP took the took the case, they wanted to start from the beginning because they weren't going to take their word, the NCAA's word for for it on what was going on. So it ended up playing out in Louisville's favor that a lot of the stuff that the NCAA was trying to accuse Louisville of and these schools of, they thought was pretty much ridiculous. Uh, so ultimately, it did end up helping Louisville to get off, um, but it definitely did take a lot of time. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I guess you get what you pay for. And we asked for the IARP and it did work out in Louisville's favor, but it definitely took a long, long time. Um, but for, for folks that said they thought that they were just intentionally taking forever, it wasn't necessarily that, but literally all these schools got investigated three times, basically. <laughs> so uh, that that was the biggest reason for that five-year hiatus. Um, I appreciate you guys calling in. And uh, we're going right back to the uh, the uh, Thornton's text line, 414-1450. Uh, Texter says, this is the basketball team. Why can't they have the names on the back of their jerseys? Because I don't know half of these dudes. That's an excellent point. Like, I hadn't really thought about it, but Haven, what do you think about that? KP going old school and going back to no names on the back of jerseys. That's the Denny Crumb style. That was pre-Patino. Like, do you like that? I've never been a fan uh, because, once again, when you have new guys on the team, you just don't know, like, you have no idea, like, who they are. You know, unless you're like us in the media and we get the programs and everything else, we can kind of follow along and. You know, we can match numbers. We kind of know who's who. But, like, if you're a casual fan tuning in, you have no idea what you're looking at. I don't like it. Indiana does that crap still. And but... speaking of no idea what you're looking at, what was yeah. the offense they were trying to run? <laughs> uh, I'm going to get to that. Uh, no. Texas says, he says, what offense do they run because they look confused? Defensively, uh, they need to uh, press after every score and run 2-3 matchup zone uh, since they are long. Um, to drive the defense uh, to the offense. And, and he says, wow, that sounds like a Patino offense. <laughs> do you think anything on the basketball recruit – oh, do you know anything about the basketball recruit visiting today? Um, so 
I'll answer that last question first. Yes, Carter Bryant, uh, five-star 2024 kid, um, 6'7", 215, um, athletic wing, super, super talented prospect. He was supposed to be here for Louisville Live um, and was unable to make the trip. Of course, everybody remembers that both he and A.J. Johnson had to cancel at the last minute. Um, So it's definitely good to get Carter Bryant um, there. Um, He's considered the number two small forward in the 2024 class, so an elite player, a top 20 kid. So um, it's definitely huge to get him on campus. Um, I don't know if he's on anything like Commitment Watch or anything, um, but it's definitely good. It seems like he's he's definitely um, excited about Louisville basketball, and he definitely wanted to visit. So um, we have not heard if A.J. Johnson um, is going to um, reset his, uh, his uh, visit date. Um, but, you know, we're kind of still waiting on that. So you would hope that A.J. at some point is going to come. Um, but now to your question, Haven, about just the offense and the defense – um, I'm going to say this as nicely as I can. Um, and y'all are lucky that Leanne uh, Herring is coming up at the bottom of the hour. So I only got eight minutes <laughs> to say this. It's the worst coach team that I've seen in my lifetime at the University of Louisville. Now, that being said, Kenny Payne is a first-time head coach. Kenny Payne is trying to figure out what he wants to do, who he is as a coach, and what he wants his team to do. But I was very critical of the fact that Kenny Payne seemingly did not have his ducks in a row when he became the head coach. I thought it was ridiculous that it took him um, almost a month and a half. Uh, you know, no, take that back. It was almost two and a half months to be able to get his strength and conditioning coordinator in to be able to start working with players. Um, I thought that was kind of ridiculous uh, that guys had almost been on the on the campus a month before the strength and conditioning coach got got here um, and I thought that some of the things he did in terms of putting his staff together took way too long um, and, and that was one of the things that I thought really got Louisville behind the eight ball now I come out fast forward to the start of this season I see a team running one play one play Haven they run it slowly they run it uh, unassuredly and they don't really know what they're doing out there. Look like they know what they're doing. They look like they, you know they're going half speed. It looks like they're still trying to figure it out. And for the fact, even if it was a complicated play, you would think that those guys would be whipping it around, the ball would be whipping around, guys are cutting and moving, but they still don't look like they know what they're doing. That's on the coaching staff. Now, I understand that, you know, like, uh, like uh, Wayne said, this is an exhibition games. They don't matter. That's false. They're exhibition games, so they don't count towards your record. But the results and how you play absolutely matter because what that is is a precursor and a harbinger of things to come. Okay? So if you're not playing well against bad Division II teams, what the hell do you think is going to happen when Bellarmine comes out there on Wednesday night? Like, I don't want to hear talent and the fact that we told y'all that, that Louisville just doesn't have the talent. You're playing a Division II team. Uh, correction, Rashawn. A lower-level Division II team. Exactly. You're playing a team that went 10-18 and 18 in Division II, and their top two scores were missing, and you lose to Lenore Ryan. That's not a talent issue. That is a bad coaching issue. That's unacceptable at the University of Louisville because understand this. 
Okay, I understand it. When when people talked about there's a, there's not as much talent as Louisville normally has, or that you know talent's going to be an issue here. You're talking about talent versus Duke, talent versus UNC, talent versus Arkansas or Creighton that you're going to see out in Maui. You're going to say, okay, Louisville doesn't have the bullets to beat those guys, but if you don't have the talent, or if you think you don't have the talent to beat a Division two team badly. That's not the case. That's a, an excuse, but it's not good enough for the University of Louisville. And I'm gonna, I say all this to say, yes, I understand that Louisville's still 0-0, zero and zero, and yes, um, the game does not count. But that does not mean that it does not matter how you look. And I wanted to see a lot better from that team from game one to game two, but guess what, Avon? It wasn't no better. The only difference between game one and game two is L. Ellis basically just gunned until Louisville had enough points to win. He got to the free throw line 15, 16 times. Louisville was 22 of 26 shooting from the free throw line in the second half. That's why they won. To their credit, they got it done. Jalen Withers got it done. He knocked down his free throws. L. Ellis knocked down his free throws. They won. But let me tell you what's not going to fly this year. If Louisville wants to have more than five wins this year, they're going to have to be a lot better than that. And I'm going to tell you what, these fans, these fans were not happy. Like I said, at the end of that game, Haven, even though Louisville won the game and they closed the game, even though it was literally a three-point game with 40-some-odd seconds left, and Chaminade had a chance to tie it, a Chaminade team that, by the way, got beat by 50. Uh, by 44. By 50. By 44 to Ohio State. To Ohio State. They had a chance to tie the game in the last minute, and had they not, had they called a charging call on Mike James, Louisville probably would have lost that game. But thankfully, they didn't call the charge on Mike James, and uh, and Kamari Lance hit a huge three to put Louisville up sixty three sixty, and uh, you know they ended up getting a technical foul call because they didn't call the charge on Chaminade. But all I'm telling you is this: I support. Kenny, Prum, uh, Kenny Payne fully. I almost called him Kenny Crumb. <laughs> I support Kenny Payne fully. I support Nolan Smith. I support Danny Manning. I support the other coach that I can't never remember his name because I don't know how much he's actually doing over there. Nah, I'm just playing. But I support everything with the University of Louisville. And Louisville, I love Louisville basketball. And that's why I get so angry and I get so pissed off when I see a piss-poor product out there. And that product, I understand, Kenny, that you got to get together. I understand you're trying to get these dudes together. But when I ask you, how in the hell do you get outscored 38-30 in points in the paint? You gave up 38 points in the paint to a team that had an average height of about six foot three out on the court. Constantly getting into the lane, constantly knocking down shots. The fact that Kenny Payne said, I look to L. Ellis to be a leader and say, don't worry, coach. I know number zero is torchless. I want you to, I'm going to lock him up. He ain't getting no more. I'm cutting his water off. Well, KP, if you would have paid attention to the tape last year, you would have known L. Ellis was the worst perimeter defensive player on the team. So you asking L. Ellis to be a lockdown defender is silly. In Kenny Payne's defense. In Kenny Payne's defense. Okay. Yes, sir. You should be able to lock down a guard from a 10 and 2 or whatever record Shaman was last year team. They weren't good. 
they, they weren't good. So you should be able to lock down that dude. Number zero, Torchdale Ellis. Like, like, like we're not asking you to lock down. He scored down. 27 points, Haven. <sighs> I look, I'm trying to look on the bright side, okay? 27 points. Look, 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 dude. I'm trying to look on the bright side, right? Text to text in. Uh, 414-1450 said Kenny Lame. <laughs> I mean. That's mean. So, look, I'm, I'm trying to look on the bright side, right? And they did show a little improvement from one game to the next. And Jalen Withers has been good. <clears throat> Jalen Withers has been balling out of his mind against. His jump shot looks a lot better. And Mike James has been knocking down shots, too. So, there you go. See some positives. I mean, there, there's positives all around. But good lord, they look bad. I mean, I know a lot of people out there would be like, "It's it's exhibition, let it go." He's trying to get the guys to buy into the system. It's going to take time for them to buy into the system. My worst fear is that Louisville comes out there against Bellarmine and gets dog walked, gets blown out, and people are booing first game. I fear that. Because if you get blown out and embarrassed by Bellarmine at home, the Louisville fans will boo you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oh, he knows. Don't get blown out against Bellarmine. Please, to God, don't get blown out to well, Bellarmine. Because let me tell you something. One dude that wants this head on his trophy case is Scotty Davenport. Scotty wants that head on his trophy case, so he's not going to take it easy on you, KP. I'm telling you that right now. Brotherhood or U of L and all what? I'm telling you, he's coming for your neck on Wednesday, so you better be ready. That's that. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, I'm gonna say this. I know Kenny is is a first year head coach, and we said this from I know I said this several times, and I tell people all the time. I try not to hype up Kenny, so I don't have all that pressure on him. Absolutely, he's a first year head coach. He has to learn how to be a head coach. And it's going to be difficult. It's going to be bumpy. Now, did I think it was going to be this bumpy? No. That's a piss poor product he put out there on the court. I'm not going to lie. The product is a lot worse than I thought it was going to be. I mean, like when you're that bad, a lot worse. When you're that bad on offense and on defense, and nothing looks good, that's <laughs> that can't happen. So, let me ask you a question: Is it time to hit the panic button already? No. No, I, I, it's not because I think Kenny can get a lot better because, like I said, this is his first coaching job. But I think that he's need good, like the nice guy routine and the smiling and the happy. It's time to start cursing people out. And it's time to start. He's too passive on the sidelines. I, I, I don't know if it's one of those situations where these guys – because it just they, I don't see guys playing hard. New guys under a new head coach wanting to impress their coach, I would think their hair would be on fire. And especially after embarrassing this university and losing to Lenore Ryan, you would have thought those guys came out in the second game playing with passion, playing with heart. At least you're hustling. But when I see Brandon Huntley Hatfield have a loose ball rolling around his feet and he just tries to bend over and get it, and he doesn't hit the floor to get the basketball. Get on the floor. Get on the floor. Die for a ball. If you don't, sit your ass on the bench. I cannot have that for my University of Louisville basketball team. I need heart. I need hustle. Shout out to J.J. Trainer. J.J. busted his tail. His jump shot wasn't going. But you know what? J.J. hustled. He attacked. He went to the backboard. Jalen Withers did not. Brandon Huntley Hatfield did not. Sidney Curry did not. 
Big Rose, he really didn't play that much, but I didn't see a ton of hustle out of him either. J.J. was the only big man that went out there and played like he cared. You know, which is sad because Curry was the guy that everybody was hoping to lean on this year to break out, to, to be the rock of the team, to be that guy that you can depend on when the going gets rough, that you feed him the ball and get your buckets. <sighs> but we don't have any guards to feed the ball to anybody. That's the other problem. You know what, Haven? I'm going to quit talking about this. It's, it, we, we, had, we are 0-0, zero and zero, and I need to go ahead and get the break. And by the way, DD texts back in and said, I share your fear of the booze coming for Bellerman. Thank you, Didi. I I I know that people want to say that I'm just I'm hating and I don't like Kenny Payne. I didn't want him here. Um, I love Kenny Payne. I love Louisville basketball. I support whoever's out there. They are my boys. They are my squad. I can talk about them, but I ain't gonna let nobody else talk about them. But you know what? It's got to be better than well, that. In your defense, what you wanted was somebody with some experience. I just wanted a good head coach, Haven. That's all I want. Hey, Kenny, maybe. A good head coach, but, yeah, this is scary. Hey, you know what? You listen to Wake Up 502. When we get back, the lady of the hour is going to be here. Uh, we're going to have Leanne Herring coming up with the uh, all the picks coming your way. You listen to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, 96.1 FM, and we'll be back. Do you smell what the rock yeah, is cooking? Yeah. This is the Summer Slam, Summer Sam Bow. It's Thursday Night Smackdown. There's no way down. That is. Welcome back to Wake Up 502, 96.1 FM. Leanne Herring. Leanne, how you doing this morning? Oh, I guess I, I guess I, 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 in November, week 10, that fall weather sitting in. I will say, gentlemen, it is nice not to have to worry about the Ole Miss Rebels or have to work today and just, but there's a lot of big games going on, as you know, in the SEC and the Big 12. There's going to be a lot of eyes and there's going to be some undefeated, no longer undefeated after today. Absol- so it's going to be a, another big week in college football. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to get right to it. Actually, I got a couple texts that came in uh, that I wanted to get to before we jump right in text into the thorns text line uh 414-1450 uh kevin says uh this team uh we got this year uh kp did say it was going to be consequences moving forward um which is true he said he was going to get it together so i i, I did do agree with that and uh also text to text in says proud of you expressing your thoughts on L basket on the L basketball coach i appreciate it. i i'm not sure if you were listening leanne i got a little um <laughs> got a little animated talking about Louisville basketball it's a little they made me a little sad, Leanne, so, you know, I had to kind of give it to him a little bit, so. Uh. No, I mean, and, and that's what I love about, I love about, I love about y'all. Y'all say it out, <laughs> no emotions, no filter, no nothing. You know, and it's hard not to because, I, I mean, Kentucky and, and basketball has just been, it's such a staple. I mean, obviously, we, we talk football a lot, but, I mean, you can't think about Kentucky and not think about basketball. I mean, that's just, that's just, that's just this bread and butter. And, and like I said the other day, I was, I was like, we're already here. Well, you know, you know, it's basketball season when you see exhibition <laughs> games and you see Cal and you, you know, you see Louisville, but it's, 
but it's good to see you know um, basketball back, and I can't yes, wait to enjoy ma'am. some of it. Especially, you know, I'm a I'm a Kentucky. I mean, I love my Ole Miss Rebels. Obviously, <laughs> it's my beat. But but my heart, when it comes to basketball, will always be in Kentucky. Whether I'm cheering for the Cards or whether I'm cheering for the Cats, you can't help but say that Kentucky is just blue chip in a, in a class of its own when it comes to basketball. Absolutely, absolutely. We love our we love our hoops here in Kentucky, and and you know I, I don't hold it against you. I know you love you some cats, so it's all right. We we love you anyway. You you are a a uh, you know main event alumni till the day we that we die. So we support you one way or the other, Leanne. We love you to death. But <laughs> let's go ahead and get to this. I'm gonna go ahead get this started. We're gonna jump right into to, to Louisville, James Madison. Okay. Uh, of course, we get all our lines from the uh, the, the uh, Caesar Sportsbook on ESPN.com is where I pull these numbers from, just for anybody who's wondering. Um, now, I do know that Louisville started out the week, Leanne, um, I believe as a like, 10.5-point favorite. That has been bet down to 7. Louisville comes into this game as a 7-point favorite, so a lot of the money has been coming in on JMU um, this week. What do you think about Louisville at home laying 7 points um, over under a 52.5? We've kind of gone back and forth with Louisville. Obviously, you know, that's a home team. You want to pick them because you want, you know, they got a lot of talent. We've seen those sparks and everything. They should win this game. You know, I hate to always use a statement, they should win this game because as we see in college football, you know, the underdogs come in, they upset, they, you know, they want to prove a point. But I'm going to take Louisville on the points. I just like the way they've been playing. I feel like if they, if they get the ball rolling and they keep it within reach, you know, and we're going to see a lot of that this week. I was talking to a few people about it. You know, it's great and, and well to put all the big numbers on that. But as we get closer to that home, you know, to that finish line, we're talking conference championships, we're talking playoff pictures and everything, you got to play clean games, which means not always putting up the points. So I feel like Louisville, if they're going to play smart, uh, Satterfield, you, you call us out the jump, you, you, you play consistently, you use your playmakers, and come big on defense. Because a team like James Madison, of course, you think, oh, yeah, this should be a neat cakewalk, and Louisville cannot treat it like that. Or, or you know, James Madison can walk all over them. I don't care what you say. They're going to find an opportunity opportunity and they know where Louisville's weak it's, it's not hard to to um to expose that in any form or fashion I don't care if you're the top team or, or you're JMU so they're going to have to come in play smart play consistent but I'm going to take Louisville on the points on this one I think Louisville can cover on the touchdown at home because I like the way they've been playing I feel like they finally kind of got in the groove but they're going to have to play smart and they're not going to let penalties or you know let off you know let off any gas for any four quarters or give JMU any opportunity on any front well, and I tell you what, with this game, I have bet against Louisville the last three games. I bet against them against the Wake, Pittsburgh, as well as on the road at UVA uh, with Doman as the backup coming in there. Um, I'm going to say this. This is a, a programming announcement. I said ACC Network for the Louisville game at 730. It's actually ESPNU uh, for anybody who wants to go out there and watch the game. It's ESPNU, not ACC Network. Um, but... Uh, this game, I was never worried about, Leanne. Uh, in my personal opinion, when Scott Satterfield knows he's better than the team, um, he usually goes out there and he handles business. Um, so I, I like Louisville laying the seven points. I think they're going. I don't think the game is going to be that close. I know it's going to be a rainy track, and I know that it's going to be a little ugly and nasty out there today. But yeah, give me Louisville, uh, lay those seven points. I, I'm not worried about. It. I think uh, the Cardinals go ahead and get it done. Uh, that, that that's just the way I look at. It. I I just I don't think there's going to be much 
uh, mystery <laughs> in this one today. And when you go back and look it, at James it, Madison, it, like I said, it should be it should be cut pretty dry. I know, we, like yeah. you said, we've gone in times where, like, even with the small margin, we have because, like you said, they haven't been playing consistent. But I feel like they're finally getting their groove. Yes, that you know, even if it's late in the season, everything. So, like you said, this is JMU. As long as they don't put their guard down. You know they keep it. They keep within range and just keep moving and just control the game clock and they just control the game early on and and no penalties. I think Louisville hands down seven points. I'll take it. Like you said, I totally agree with you. Now we're going to go out to the SEC. We're going to go to your loved Kentucky Wildcats uh, on the road. This is a even. It's a pick 'em game. Uh, pick 'em game. Uh, the, it's, the line is showing completely even at the Caesar Sportsbook right now. On the road at Missouri, uh, Kentucky heading out the the Cats versus the Cats, the Tigers and the Wildcats uh, facing off. Uh, what, who do you like in this one? Yeah, I've gone back and forth to this. So this was kind of like I just Kentucky was just on a high and they were just playing so well, and then they just kind of they again another roller coaster and everything. Again, another another Kentucky team has the talent, but are they going to play consistent? Mizzou kind of just sits there. They're one of those teams that remind they're kind of they're like Vanderbilt in the SEC. I mean, two SEC teams that you know either they play really on, they play really well. You kind of don't know what you're going to get, but I feel like I'm going to take Kentucky on this one, even on the road. I just feel like they need that Kentucky needs needs a, a win. They need a road win, even if it's against Mizzou. And I think Will Levis, and, and they're going to come, and they're just going to play. Like, I, I didn't really break this one down because it's a pick em. I, I Kentucky should win this one. No question against Mizzou. But like I said, Mizzou could play that upset spoiler. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios in this one that could go on that have nothing to do with, with uh, who's going to play the better game. A lot of talented players. It's just, who's, you know, who's going to strike first. And I think Kentucky should make this road win, and it should be a no-brainer. Yeah, and, and this is the game, like, the one thing I can give Mark Stoops credit, these are the types of games where I'm like, man, I just hope somebody just shuts Stoops up and, you know, Kentucky loses and uh. But let me tell you something. This is the type of game that Mark Stoops always wins. Uh, we saw it against Mississippi State when everybody thought UK uh, was just going to be going down a hole and uh, they were able to get it done at home against Mike Leach and company. This is a game where Kentucky's going to come in, they're going to hand the ball off to, to Chris Rodriguez, left, right, and up the middle, and UK's just going to just dominate at the at, you know at the point of attack running the ball and I don't think it's going to be a pretty win uh, but I agree with you I'll go ahead and take UK um, in, in that one as well so I, I yeah he's, he's not going to do anything fancy like you said he's got Chris Rodriguez he's just going to take they're just that's what Kentucky's going to do they're going to ram it down you they're going to take control of the clock they're going to keep the game plan simple this thing going to get about Will Levis getting we we know what kind of quarterback Will Levis is why he's not in the Heisman talk whether you're a Kentucky fan or not we know what he can do but like you said I think Stoops in these type of games. He's going to say, "Hey, hand it off, keep and, just, and keep it simple, and, and run that ball, and do, and hopefully Chris Rodriguez will just, you know, take care of business. Otherwise, and, the, and everybody else will get it done." I think it's a great game plan. I absolutely do. I think it's just just keep it simple, and that's what Stoops does uh, when he needs to, uh, you know, when he needs a win, he goes back to what he knows: defense and run game. So I, I totally agree with you. Uh, now we're going to the marquee game of the day: number one versus number one. Number one, Tennessee, the number one team in the uh, college football playoff poll versus Georgia, who is number one in the AP poll. Uh, Tennessee going between the hedges. Georgia is laying nine points at home. That seems like a very, almost a ten point, almost a double figure favorite at home versus a Tennessee team that has by far the better win this year. Um, you know, I know that Georgia did beat Oregon early in the year, but Tennessee knocking off Alabama is still, to me, the better win of the two. What do you think about that? That seems like a lot of points for Georgia to be laying. 
Exactly. Georgia has got a lot of points. I think this is the, this is the least amount of points that we've seen Georgia get all season because if you've looked at, you know, we look go back at the points, we see them in 30s and, you know, double digits. Mm-hmm. So, but I still think this is a lot of points. Like you said, Tennessee undoubtedly, as much as I hate to admit, has just, play, <laughs> they play fast. They, they score fast. They've been effective. And man, we have to admit, they picked apart Bama's secondary. Their secondary, their, their secondary might not be working, but they found a way to pick apart Bama secondary, and they're going to go against one of the one of the top, if not the best, defenses in the country in the Georgia Bulldogs. So look for Tennessee to to find a way to pick apart that secondary. This is going to be it. Like I said, an SEC East semi semifinal preview right here. UGA, of course, a lot of blue chip, a lot of a lot of blue chip talent, a lot of young. Um, they and for me, this is going to be a toss up. Uh, I will say they're playing at Athens. They're playing at home. You know, I'm going to take Tennessee in this one to cover. I think just because Tennessee has, you have to admit the way they've been playing. They work hard. They've been consistent. Their defensive front has been spectacular in being able to slow down. And the thing that UGA is going to have to do is they're going to have to take control of the ball quickly. They're going to have, and the key is to keep that ball offense off the field. They're, that way, Stetson Ben and his offense can operate. They can churn out the yards. They can they can move and get that balance and that pace and get in that groove and and get in the end zone. But they're going to have, like I said, they're going to have to find a way. Um, if any defense can slow down Tennessee's offense, it's going to be it's going to be Georgia. But like I said, they're going to have to do it early. They're going to have to do it consistently. And we haven't talked a lot. UGA hasn't made a lot of mistakes, but they also haven't played the kind of schedule. Tennessee has played the tougher schedule uh, this season, yeah. and they've managed to find ways to stay undefeated. So you have to give credit where credit is due. And UGA is going to not make the same mistake that Bama made in, in penalties. And this is going to be another key thing. We don't talk about Georgia making penalties because they don't do it a lot often. But this is the kind of game where Georgia, if they let the foot, if they let their foot off the brake, too, you know, and put on the brakes too early, too quickly, they could find themselves in the same situation Bama did against Tennessee. I'm going to take Tennessee to cover in this one, but I think UGA is going to come out with the win. Uh, I just the the nine points. You know, I think UGA could do it, but I just think that there's so much on the line. Remember, this is not just for the SEC. This is for playoffs. I mean, you you never have the CFP number one going against the number one AP poll. You know, this is the game of the century, as they're calling it. There's a lot on the line. I think I don't see this being a a high scoring game. I just don't think unless Tennessee or UGA just finds a way to just come out rolling and just put up the points. I think they're gonna if they're smart and Kirby Smart is a smart coach. He's gonna he's gonna keep it close. And like I said, I'm gonna take Tennessee on the points just because you got to give credit where credit's due. They've played consistent. They're balanced on defense or offense. Hendron Hooker and his receiving cores have just been able to get things done and play fast and been consistent in the red zone. So UGA defense is going to be put to the test. I mean, they're the top in the country, but they're going to have to find a way to consistently not give any opportunity to that Tennessee offense. So I'm going to take Tennessee on the points, but I think UGA is going to come out with the win out in Athens today. Well, I, I tell you what, Leanne, I definitely like Tennessee in those points. Getting nine points on the road, um, I totally agree. Um, that's too many points. But this is going to be a game. Stetson Bennett only has nine touchdown passes this year. This is going to be the first game this year where he's going to have to make plays, and he's going to have to be an upper-tier quarterback to get it done. And this has been the thing. He's been able to kind of live behind that that offensive and defensive line and be able to just be a game manager. I feel like Stetson Bennett's going to have to make some plays to win today. And he was able to do that in the playoff last year. But can he do it again this year? 
Exactly, like I said, and that you do, and we saw, like I said, now Alabama secondary hasn't been its strongest, but again, yes. Tennessee picked apart the Tennessee win was a huge. It's it's the way they picked apart that that Bama secondary, and if they if Tennessee could find a way to pick apart the secondary, which which is a, which is a thing they struggle with, yeah. and they're going against a defense that you know they're up for the challenge. Like I said, Tennessee's played the tougher schedule. Yeah. They're eight and zero on a tougher schedule than UGA is. No credit, you know, not giving credit to the dogs, but this is, like you said, it's going to be a test, and, and you made a good point about Seth Bennett. Heck of a quarterback, he's a great game manager, but it's about that explosiveness. Yes. In this game, you're going to have to have explosive plays, big plays, because you got two teams right here that can put on the points. Absolutely. So I, I will definitely take Tennessee in those points, uh, but chalk me down. I think Tennessee gets the upset on the road. I, I think Tennessee gets the, the outright ring. Sorry sorry about that, Haven. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I think that um, Tennessee does go ahead, uh, get it done. I think they stay undefeated in a huge upset. It's going to be close. It's going to come down to a field goal one way or the other, um, but I do think that Tennessee gets the, the outright upset on the road. Haven, what do you think about uh, this game? I'm going to go with the great one herself, Leanne Herring. Uh, give me Tennessee in the points. I think this game has potential to be a shootout. Yeah. Last man standing. I don't think UJ's really been tested this year so far. Uh, and they play some close games, mm-hmm. but they really haven't been pushed. Like, they really haven't been tested. Yeah. Tennessee's going to give them that test. I will not be surprised if Tennessee just wins the game outright. But give me definitely Tennessee in the points. There we go. There we go. I, I like it. Uh, so uh, the, I, everybody's taking Tennessee in the points. I, I, I like. I like where y'all's head is at. Um, uh, have another uh, three thirty kick uh, in the ACC this time. Uh, Syracuse on the road um, at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh um, has not necessarily been playing well. Um, they're four and four, but Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh is laying four points at home. Syracuse is actually getting points in this game on the road. This this is one that I just chose because that seems like an interesting line. That Syracuse is actually getting four points, even though you would think Syracuse is the much better team. Um, I know they could just came off of a, a kind of a dominating Notre Dame uh, loss um, where Notre Dame just came out and just basically kicked Syracuse's teeth in on the road um, up there in New York. Um, Leanne, what do you think about this this line? It seems like Syracuse uh, – I, I, do you take those points and run if you're Syracuse? Uh, I'm going to take Syracuse on this one. Like, you know, Pitt at the beginning, I thought they were going to be, they were going to make a good run. They were playing good. You know, they, and they came real close in that, you know, Tennessee game and all that. I'm going to, I just think that Syracuse is going to go on the road and they're going to take out, they're going to take out everything on Pittsburgh. So I'm going to take Syracuse, just cut and dry, another old blue collar. Blue collar, old fashioned match. I'm going to take Syracuse. I've been I've been rocking with Syracuse like I've been rocking with Houston a lot this season. So I'm going to take Syracuse on the points. Yeah, I, I agree. Give me Syracuse and those four points as well. Haven, what do you think? Hey, well, I agree. Give me Syracuse and the points. Uh, Pittsburgh's uh, quarterback is trash, so you give a little pressure. <laughs> he'll fall like a cheap suit. <laughs> yeah, I, I I tend to agree. All right, Lynn, I, I know we only got about about four and four three and a, three and a half four minutes left. Um, but I definitely want to get to this one, Alabama. Laying 13 and a half points on the road, night game in Death Valley on the road at LSU. That's it. Once again, Alabama is giving up, laying a lot of points. 13 and a, LSU is a 13 and a half point underdog at home. Um, what do you think about this one? You know, everyone at the beginning of the season, including me, wasn't sure about what Brian Kelly was going to do in LSU. You know, he wasn't playing well, consistent. Everyone's like, well, did we hire, did we get the right man for the Josh? 
But, like I said, come November, he's totally changed the score down there in Baton Rouge. I'm going to take LSU on the points. Yes, I know Bama's coming in rested, and they're going to they're gonna be a tough road. And I think Bama, Bama's going to, you know, they're up there, but they're just not the Bama we used to. Now, I will say they're going to get former Car- Cardinal back. It looks like Tyler Harold, yes. and if he's 100% healthy and everything, he could be he could be some problems for that LSU defense and all that kind of stuff. But LSU's found a way. To, uh, you know, Jalen Daniels played consistent. They found a way to be consistent on the ground and on the run game. And in games like this, you have to be consistent on both sides of the ball. They found they found they found ways to win in LSU, and they played well. So I'm going to take LSU on those 13 points. As much as I want to say Bama's going to come in, they're going to roll. They're coming off a of bye week. They're rested. They still are, are. There's still some things, and and I think for Bama, Alabama, what's really hurt them is those penalties. Yeah. Even if they found ways to win, this could be one of those games because, like I said, another game, a huge game that's not going to be just on X's and O's. When you're playing this kind of caliber game, the SEC West is still very much in play. If if, if you know LSU wins out or if Bama loses, you know all the old Miss fans are of course going to cheer for Alabama because they got we got Bama next week. Uh, you know, at home. So, you know, Bama losing twice uh, isn't going to be good for the Ole Miss Rebels. So there's a lot of things, like I said, SEC West very much in play in this game. There's a lot of emotion that's going to be electric. Uh, LSU is just a tough place to play. Um, so I'm going to take LSU on the points for 13 and a half. I think that's a lot of points. Like I said, even though Bama's rested, they're going to have some of their guys back. But I think Bama hasn't played clean enough. And this, again, another close game that could get ugly. And if Bama, you know, Let's those penalties get the best of them. LSU could get jump ahead very easily because they found because Brian Kelly uh, is just that kind of coach that can get that. And like I said, they're they're doing well offensively in the ground and in the air. I totally agree with you. Uh, I'm right there with you. I, I don't know if Kelly and company can get it done, but 13 and a half points is way too many points. Give me LSU and the points. Uh, Haven Harrington, what do you think? I'm gonna disagree. You know what? Okay. Give me Bama. I think Bama covers. Wow. Okay. There we I go. I think they cover. I'm. I don't think that a LSU is ready for prime time just yet. There I think go. they're getting there, not just yet. All right. There we go. All right. Well, we got about thirty seconds, thirty or forty seconds left. Leanne, you got any other quick picks you want to give us before we get out of here? Yeah, I'm going to take a. I'm a Liberty. I always like Keith Freeze to cover. He's really. I like those Liberty Flames. They're on the road against the SEC team in Arkansas. So I, I have them at 14 and a half. I'm going to take Liberty. Also, Navy going ahead in the uh, on the road at Cincinnati Conference USA. You know, facing Conference USA Cincinnati. I'm going to take Navy on those 18 and a half points. And I'm also going to take another. You know, service team. I'm going to take Army against uh, uh, to cover at seven points against Air Force. Well, there we go. Well, Leanne, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, as always, I'll keep up with those picks. But uh, you have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful day, and thank you as always. You too. You too. There we go. There we go. Leanne Herring, Haven Harrington. Time flies when we're having fun, brother. You got that right, hey, boss. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thanks, everybody, for all your texts, all your calls. Um, great interactive show. Louisville basketball gets started for real on Wednesday. Until then, go Cards, go Crow Green. Rashawn Myers, we out.
outdoor. Them the old balls on my bins, what you shopping for? You looked at your rims, was like, what you cop them for? Cause I'm a brick city native, spit nice like Jada. Chic style invasion, private property and layer. Down for the count, so I'm round in the mouth. They say they town in the house, so I'm drowned in the mouth. That's like seeing Atlantic Ocean in a frantic motion. When right, my hand is open, other one is catapulting. On the white sheets, we fight to the white meat. Spilling on your 325 IC and white feet.